it is I, your precious piece of pasta, and you guys, my precious fucking peanuts. And today we're gonna be talking about just general art tips and stuff. You know, just some general art tips and tricks and whoop de doos and stuff because, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. I don't really have a central idea today, it's just a bunch of little mini tips and tricks. So, anyways, so let's, uh, let's get into it. So, um, one of the things, um, you gotta keep in mind for drawing, um, like, robots or things that have metal and stuff is the way that metal shines. Um, with, um, your light source and everything, you know, keeping that in mind is always, you know, especially if light is shining on metal, on metal, you know, I think you could really use this method which is um, where basically metal, um, for example, you have this metal wristband. It's really cool. It's a really cool metal wristband. Nobody cares that it's cool. It's just a metal wristband, okay? That's all you need to know. Um, but um, you'll notice how when light reflects off of it, um, there seems to be just like a line or a column of light slash reflection and stuff and there's just gonna be a column of it down your wristband and if you were to let's see let's say your light source is diagonal from your arm you know it's just a little bit higher than your arm and towards the right and stuff shining down at the wristband on your arm well if you turn your arm you're gonna notice that that band that that strip of light that's going down is gonna follow around it's gonna follow the band around your arm you know as you move your arm the lights gonna quote-unquote stay in place but your band is gonna be moving and that's because metal is shiny you know metal is shiny and as long as the light stays in place and is still aiming in that way that band of light is just going to continue reflecting off the metal now it may reflect a little differently around like certain curves and stuff as you move around your arm but it's still going to reflect in basically that column of light so that's something to really think about for when you're drawing metal and it applies to everything too it's usually it's usually a, a column of light down whatever it is for example you got a box okay well you got a box and it's reflecting it's reflecting on that box you know or or that tube or something and it's gonna reflect like that because it's metal metal is shiny unless you're doing rusty metal then it won't have that shine it'll just be rusty so that's that's a tip for you there um, another thing when you're drawing objects from like real life and stuff for example I have my favorite cup here cuppy jr. and yes I named my cup do not judge me but basically, it's a column, okay? It's a column. It's a column. And, you know, it's made of a material. I'm not sure what it is. Um, it might be, like, aluminum or something. But it's doing it, too. Now, while it isn't a large column of light, it's still a column of light, you know? So it also applies to objects in real life. Now, in real life and stuff, and in art, depending on what you're doing, if the metal has some sort of texture to it that light is going to be textured as well because you got to remember that the light is reflecting is coming down it's reflecting off the metal and the white light goes into your eyes 
well, so that's what makes the texture ad seemingly adhere to the light that's shining on your column or box or whatever. Another thing to keep in mind about um, realistic objects, is, or just realistic objects in general, is that uh, you, when you draw them, you have to think of them in a 3D view. You cannot think of it like, oh, okay, how do I put this 3D object on 2D paper? Try in your mind to think of that 2D paper as, you know, as it's not flat. You know, try to think of it like, like, um, you know, it's 3D or something. For example, um, if you've ever worked in a pro, a 3D modeling program, I work in Blender sometimes. I've, I've been trying to learn Blender. Basically, it's a 3D software and stuff. Or if I, and so if I were to try and make Cuppy Jr. here in Blender, um, it would be essentially the same as figuring out how to draw how to draw cubby jr on paper for example you know um in the blend in the in this blender program that i've brought up out of nowhere um you would take some columns you'd stick them together and everything and um you know you'd have to figure out the radius or um you know just how long how wide they'd be and it's the same thing for on paper if you have other objects in your scene on paper you're gonna have to figure out um, their relation to each other like how big is one compared to the other and stuff like that so you have to figure out the ratios not only in this blender program but also on paper and um, another thing you gotta you gotta figure out is well well, um, along with the dimensions and everything, like, where is the shading at as well? It's the same thing in Blender. You can turn on lighting effects and you can figure out, like, how should it be, you know? How is it in real life versus how it is in the program versus how it is on paper? So, really, you gotta think of it in a 3D view because otherwise you're gonna end up coming up with a 2D drawing. If you think of it in a 2D way, it's going to be a 2D drawing. It's not going to be convincing. So that's that's all I'm trying to say. You got to think of it you got to think of it in a 3D view because if you get stuck in the 2D mindset, then it's going to you're going to end up convincing yourself that you're drawing a 2D drawing and then it's going to end up looking 2D. So that's all I'm trying to say here. Um, another thing, uh, another thing about art is, um, textures and, you know, fur, stuff like that. How to do fur and hair and all of that. Um, how I've been taught to do it on pencil and paper. And in digital art, too, I think it still applies, is to flick your pencil. You know, you start off with it fully on the paper, but then you just flick it off. Flick it off. To where it does that sort of, quote-unquote, gradient effect where the where the bottom of the hair, I know this sounds gross, but where the bottom of the hair is, you know, it's d it's the darkest part of it, but as you flick outward, it just fades away. It fades into the white or whatever color of your paper. And so that's how you do it with eyebrows and fur and fur on animals too and everything is you gotta flick. Now, of course, you're gonna be flicking in different directions depending on what you're doing. For example, for eyebrows, um, the start of the eyebrow, you know, the part that that um, comes up to the bridge of the nose, you know, you're going to want to be flicking up 
and then as you go along, you're going to be flicking more diagonally. Um, for example, if you're doing the right eyebrow, you start flicking up, and then you start flicking to the right until you get to the to the bottom of the eyebrow, this, the part that usually goes down, and then you gotta start flicking in a different direction. So, really, fur and hair is just flicking. Except for, like, you know, hair on your head and stuff like that. And, of course, you're gonna wanna do a, a quote-unquote harder flick for, you know, thicker fur, or if there's more fur and stuff like that. But from how I understand it, it's mostly just flicking. Now, of course, it could just be for facial features like um, eyebrows and eyelashes. So you might want to test this out a bit more on your own. I personally have never really tried doing fur this way. But I will definitely try it at some point. See how it works. But yeah. So that's another thing about art. And texturing and stuff like that and in a lot of pro and in, like I say in a lot of programs I don't know like I said in, when I work with digital art um, I mostly work with um, procreate but in procreate at least there are different texture brushes and such that you can use now um, another tip and I've probably said this before but I figure I'll say it again the thing is, is, is that um, if you use a hyper-realistic brush, texture, whatever, in a cartoony um, or an anime or something, something that is not meant to be fully realistic, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And the th that's, that's basically like, it's different styles essentially clashing with each other. Now, it could make a very good contrast if you do it right, but at the same time, um, when you're doing different styles and stuff, try not to do too much incorporating unless you want people to be off kilter when looking at your art or something. It depends on the tone of your art, just like how in writing it depends on the tone of your story. But just keep that in mind if you use hyper-realistic brushes in a like for example like one of those old cartoons and stuff you know old mickey mouse and everything it's going to be very very um it's definitely gonna pop it's gonna pop a lot you know and you often see this type of hyper realism in like um cartoons such as like gumball and um i guess in spongebob too i haven't watched in forever and i don't even remember so you know, just um, check those out if that's something you're thinking about doing. See how the styles kind of clash together. I know clash probably isn't the right word for it because, like I said, you can make it work in a way. But, um, so yeah. So, anyways, that's all I've got for you today. Love you guys. Kissy. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what this outro is, but it is here. And goodbye. <laughs>